Hi there. Thanks for tuning into our podcast feed. I'm Pastor Tim here at Grace of God, Long Island. What you're listening to right now is part of an occasional series you'll find in this feed, which I'm calling Deleted Scenes. Just like when a movie or a TV show is being made, it occasionally happens, as I'm writing a sermon, that it goes too long and something needs cutting. Generally, that's because I let myself just go on and the trim material isn't worth it. However, sometimes I find myself cutting something that I think would have some value in saying, but it just doesn't flow well into the rest of the sermon, or it simply ends up too long. When I have a piece that I think meets that standard, you'll find it in this feed on Tuesdays as a deleted scene. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to today's deleted scene. This comes from my message from yesterday on John chapter 11, verses 45 to 53. But my message today, this deleted scene, won't really talk so much about that message as it will talk about uh, kind of a, a different point, a little facet of something I did yesterday. If you go and you grab your Bible and you look at John eleven forty five to 53, this story that we read yesterday where Jesus' opponents, the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin plot to kill him. And if you were here yesterday, you'll notice that there's a slight difference in the wording that's in your Bible versus what I printed for us in the bulletin in red. Verse 47 of John chapter 11 says this, therefore the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. That's if you're reading out of your Bible, but what I printed in the bulletin yesterday was, therefore the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a meeting of the Sanhedrin. And I did something similar in verse 52. Verse 51, Jesus would die for the Jewish nation, 52, and not only for that nation, but also for the scattered children of God to gather them together and make them one is what I wrote. What we read in our Bibles is, to bring them together and make them one. In both of those spots, I replace a word with one word, gather. Now, why did I do that? If you go into the Greek, that's behind our English translations there, it's the same word being used in verse 47 and verse 52 there, this Greek word, synago, which means uh, all three of those things, to call people together, to gather them together, to bring them together, right? All have the same idea. But when you see it right here as it's written out in English, you maybe can't see that that's the same word. And that John, as he's writing, is trying to make a particular point there. He's pointing out that as God's enemies gather themselves together and plot against God and plot against his plans, God is planning to use their evil for a different purpose. So John talks about their gathering so that he can discuss the other kind of gathering that God will work. Through this, they gather to plot Jesus' death, but through Jesus' death, God plans to gather us, his children. He will gather us together around his son Jesus through what Jesus will do. When Jesus is raised up, as he says earlier in the Gospel of John, all people will see him. God intends through his enemies gathering to gather you, his child, to be with him with the rest of his children forever. That's something that you can't maybe note right off the bat if you're reading the English there, because that one Greek word is translated with two different English words there. There's nothing wrong with that. All of those words mean the same thing functionally, right? There's no difference when we translate it the way that the uh, NIV Bible has it versus the way that I wrote it yesterday. But what I did there was Translate it in a slightly different way just to try and highlight that point for you, to to make the point that John is making as he uses that one word twice. Sometimes I think when 
we're made aware of the gap that exists between most of us and the Bible's original languages. And maybe it's something that at first you're not aware of until you get a little deeper into studying the Bible and you're suddenly made aware that this was written in a different language. There are all kinds of different translations out there. Uh, how can I know that what I'm getting is the right thing? I would encourage you to sit down with a couple of different Bibles and read some key passages. Things like John 3.16 or 2 Corinthians 5.17 or Romans, the first four or five chapters of that book. Sit down with a few different Bible translations if you're really worried about this issue of how to translate and see that they all teach the same thing. That you can translate faithfully the Bible in a number of different ways to to bring across a particular nuance of a, a Greek word, a Hebrew word, and still be saying the same thing as if you translated it some way different, right? Just as here, I translated these words in a slightly different way so that I could make a, a particular point as I preached yesterday. That point is not negated by the translation that the NIV uses. That point is not denied. If you're worried by those translation issues, if it's something that concerns you about reading your Bible, if it's something that feels like it distances you from the Bible, one, I will recommend to you, really do, just go sit down, read some some key portions, some portions that you're very familiar with in a couple of different versions and see that there's not really a difference here. That there are so many good, faithful Bible translations that there's no reason for you to be afraid. If, if you want to know what's a particularly good one, you can ask me or another pastor, and we might have some, some uh, particular ones to recommend to you, ones that we particularly like, but it's not something that you should be very worried about, because ultimately the, the simple message is God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16, right? And no matter what translation you're reading that in, no matter how many different ways it might be translated, if that basic message is being brought across to you, you're reading God's word. You are in God's word. You are reading his saving book of life. That's the promise that God has for you, his child. That's our sermon deleted scene today. Music is What Words Can't Describe by Vlad Klushenko at soundcloud.com slash VGL9. Thanks again for listening. Please share our podcast feed with others and share with them the peace that you have in Jesus. I'm Pastor Tim Walsh at Grace of God in Dix Hills, 510 Deer Park, just north off LIE exit 51. Join us on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. God bless and keep you this week.